Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. If you had to describe yourself using only five words, only five, what would they be? Think about that for just a moment. If you only had five words to describe yourself, what would they be? As you're thinking about that, you know, I can think of five words to describe myself. You know, I could be, I'm a husband, that's a word, father, brother, pastor, some obvious ones like that. Coffee, because, you know, a lot of you know me, I love coffee. I had some great coffee yesterday. My sister-in-law started a new coffee shop in Idaho and sent family some samples of the coffee. So I got home at 4 o'clock and said, it's time for a cup of coffee. That was good. I love coffee. It's a great way to define myself. What words would you use to define yourself? I mean, if you think about some of those words that you may use to define yourself, words you'd use to describe yourself, you might say athletic, musical. You might say introvert or extrovert. You know, we, we often define ourselves by, you know, our talents, our experiences, our relationships, the many of the ways that we define who we are. So if you had five words, what words would you use to describe yourself? Why don't you think about that? You know, and, and those words that you use to describe yourself. We're going to take a look here at the text that we heard just a few moments earlier. Particularly going to focus in on this words of Jesus from Mark 8, 34. And let's read these words together. Those who want to follow me must say no to the things they want. Pick up their crosses and follow me. Those who want to follow me, Jesus says, must say no to the things they want. They must deny themselves Pick up the cross and follow me. So what does Jesus mean by this? Well, before we dig in the text, let's put a little bit of context around this. Shortly before this, Jesus is asking his followers a question, kind of like the question we had this morning. You know, who is he? Who do people say that he is? And they said, well, some say that you're Elijah. Others say, you know, you're one of the prophets. And others say you're John the Baptist coming back to life. By the way, if you know John the Baptist and Jesus were cousins, but also this is after John the Baptist had been you know, beheaded. And so they're thinking, well, maybe he came back to life again. And then Jesus says, what about you? You know, what word would you use to describe who I am? And Peter, you know, who's got this great word to describe him, Peter, the rock. That'd be just a great name. Jesus gives you the name, the rock. But he says, you are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. You are the Messiah. You are the one whom God had promised. Jesus says, you're right. And then he goes on, and he uses some words to describe who he is as the Messiah. All these words were in scriptures. These are the words that Peter and the other disciples had learned. But again, what they learned and understood. He goes, you're right. This is who I am, and this is the words he uses to describe himself, he's going to be betrayed. He's going to be handed over. He's going to be crucified. He's going to be dead. And he's going to rise again. And of course, this is when Peter, who was the rock, you know, is like, no, that can't happen. That's not the way it's going to be. That's not the plan I have for you, Jesus. And Jesus says those words, you'll say, get behind me. You have in mind not the things of God. So these words here that Jesus says, those who want to follow me must deny themselves, pick up the cross, and follow me. So maybe as we think about this, we think about the words we use to describe ourselves, maybe really we should think about this question here. If God 
had to describe you using only five words, what would they be? Think about it just for a moment. If God had only five words to describe you, what would they be? And if you're like me, you start thinking, well, I know what I did, and I've known, oh, yeah, God really knows me. He could really, he could pick some doozies and some words. What words would God use to describe you? Well, before we get into that part, let's take a look at some more scripture. First scripture we'll look at, John 3.16, familiar passage to many of us. Let's read this one together. God loved the world this way. He gave his only son that everyone who believes in him will not die but have eternal life. God loved the world this way. This is how God loved the world, that he gave his only son, his one and only begotten son, that everyone who believes in him will not die, they will not perish, but they will have eternal life. Great passage. And it begins to help us understand what God is saying about who we are. Let's take a look at the next one. This is another passage, three slides here from Ephesians. Let's read together. God saved you through faith as an act of kindness. You had nothing to do with it. Being saved is a gift from God. It is not the result of anything you've done, so no one can brag about it. God has made us what we are. He created us in Christ Jesus to live lives filled with good works, and he has prepared for us to do. So that first word I'm going to use for us is as God describes this, and God could have all kinds of words, you know, his vocabulary, but the first word that God uses to describe us, to describe you, is this word here, loved. Loved. You know, the last two weeks, you know, if you were here, we know we did this exercise. You can kind of do this with me again. Let's rehearse this again. Everyone take your finger real quick. Go like this. And go like this, you know, give yourself a little pat on the chest. And God loves who? Yeah, God loves me. God loves you. You are loved by God. I mean, those words of John 3, 16 are, are familiar so, to so many of us that sometimes we just rattle them off. God loved the world. God loved you so much that he gave his only son. God loved you, as Paul says in Ephesians, not because of the things you have done or the things you have failed to do. God loves you. By his grace. God loves you in Jesus Christ. God loves you no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter the thoughts you've had swimming in your head. God loves you. So the first word that God would use, I think, to describe us, to describe you, loved. You are loved by the God of the universe. The second word is broken. Because we're all broken. Sin has broken each and every one of us. And sometimes in our lives, we really experience, we're really aware of that brokenness in our lives. And other times in our lives, you know, we maybe not quite so aware, but the reality is we're all broken. We've all sinned, as the scriptures say, and fallen short of God's expectations. And we see that brokenness sometimes in our relationships with others. We see that in our behavior, the choices we make, and we especially see that in our relationship with God, loved and broken. The great thing is that even though we are broken, even though our relationship with God is broken because of sin, we are loved. Not only are you loved, you are valued. You are valued. Think about this for a second. You are of such great value to God. 
God values you so much, even though you and I, we are broken because of sin, he values you so much that he gave his one and only son. That we are redeemed, we are saved, not by anything that we have done, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, Peter writes about this later on in his letter to the church. Not with gold or silver, not with anything precious in the world has he redeemed us, but with the blood of Jesus. That Jesus values you so much that he gave his life. This is exactly what he was telling the disciples. Let me tell you what the Messiah is going to do. He's going to show you. He's going to show the world how much God values you. That's important for us to know because so often the world tells us that our value is based upon how much money we have, how smart we are, athletic, musical, talented, you know, pretty, all those kind of things. The world will try to judge us, our value. But God values us in his love for us in Jesus. No matter how many times we have broken our commitment and our relationship to him. We are loved, we are broken, we are valued. And we are forgiven. You are forgiven. That's a great declaration to hear from God. In a few minutes here, we're going to take the time like we often do. We're going to confess our sins. And as we confess our sins, we're going to hear those words that your sins are forgiven. That's absolute. That's unconditional. That's amazing. You and I, we are forgiven. That none of our sins God holds against us. Loved, broken, valued, forgiven. And then this last word, partner. And that's really part of what this day is all about. That's what that text from Mark is about when Jesus says to pick up our cross and follow him. It's not that we have to suffer, and there are difficulties and challenges of life. We'll face those. But that we are partnering with God. Part of what we are doing, our confirmants, and us again together, all of us gathered here with them, is we're saying we are affirming that we are loved by God, that we are all broken because of our sin, that we are valued by God so much that he, his son Jesus gave his life for us, that we are forgiven of all of our sins. And as the power of the Holy Spirit work in us, that our commitment is to follow him. We're not going to do that perfectly because we are still struggling with sin in life. We are still broken by sin, and it breaks our relationship with God, but God continues to renew that relationship, continues to love us, to forgive us. So we are partnering with God. Again, even as our vision says, to gather, grow, and go, that as we go and we serve one another, we serve the people in our community and our world. That we partner with God as we follow Jesus. As we follow his example of loving others as he's loved us. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise. For the way that you described us is not based upon all of our failures and mistakes, not based upon our efforts. It's based upon the reality of your love for us, of the value that you place upon us, those who are broken by sin, that you, Lord Jesus, gave your life on the cross for us, that you were willing to die, that we might live for you, and that we might live for all eternity. Father, we pray that you bless all of us together, here, especially, Lord, our five confirmates, as we celebrate with them, Lord, as they affirm your love, faith for them, and as they declare their desire to be partners with you in sharing the good news of following their Savior Jesus. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you continue to empower them to do so and remind them that they are loved, they are valued, and they are forgiven by you. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen.
more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time.